Why does society have a fascination with crime? Do you sit at home on a Friday night and indulge in a marathon of blue bloods? Did you play cops and robbers when you were just a child? After years of epic dinner parties, long lunches and boozy brunches, we bring you Shaken and Stirred. Or rather, we are Shaken and Stirred. Cheers. Well, we're back with Shaken and Stirred. I'm Nigel Barker, and I'm here with my co-host, who has flown in once again. He goes back and forth like a yo-yo, Tom Astor. Hey, Tom, how are you doing? I'm really well, thanks. It's been a minute since we saw each other. I know, I know. Well, you know, someone needs to kind of make sure there's toothpaste on your toothbrush in the morning. And he says that when I had to buy him a toothbrush this morning, I trust me, it feels like we're back at school. But it's not about us. Shaken and Stirred is the podcast where we can talk about just about anything. And our guest today is a true gentleman... And we're going to get to why and how. In, 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 I've never been when, called that. It's I know, me off. Which, is, which is the reason why I thought I would start with it. You probably just heard his voice and you know he's, you might know he's a singer. Just you. He's a bit of a dancer. He's an actor. He's a host. He's basically a polymath, actually, I think is the only way to describe this guy. But most impressively, he is a dog pounder. This is true. If I knew what a polymath was, I would answer to it. I have no idea. Please welcome Oliver Trevina to <laughs> Shake It and Stir. Thank you. This is a pleasure. I'm excited. Mate, you know what a polymath is. Actually, honestly, I don't. See, Nigel, you can probably hear from our voices, we had different upbringings. And Nigel's <laughs> currently Googling polymath, by yeah. the way. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank Nigel, you. Nigel, go on, tell us what a polymath is. Well, a polymath, old boy, is someone who can do a bit of everything. Okay. They're sort of good at everything. Jack okay, of all trades, but, but master of all. Okay, see, I know what my parents would say, jack of all trades. In our household, I just didn't hear polymath. Well, you know, so, it's, it's, it's all Greek to me. Yeah. There you go. Tom, what are we drinking, for goodness sake? We sakes? are drinking three, three Brits sitting here, so I thought just a gin and tonic. It's just a classic. It's never it? just a gin and tonic, it, though, is it? It is. It's, well, I don't know. I think it's it one probably, of my favourite drinks. It is. It doesn't. It's just a gin and tonic, but a gin and tonic is always an amazing just a gin and tonic. I don't know. I mean, it's. Uh, you can ask me how I made it. Well, sure. I mean, okay, it's actually, pretty simple. It's one, pretty easy, isn't it? Gin and tonic, one, for goodness sake. Yeah, uh, yes and no, but it's got a bit of lemon juice chucked in it. A bit of... Um, uh, and we all know the, the, the history of the gin and tonic. Well, I can tell you my own history. I, the, the, the history, the medicinal history, we've, we've talked about many times because we love yeah, gin. Yeah, but Oliver wants to, if he's sitting, we're sitting here drinking it. I, I actually don't know the history. The only history for me for a gin and tonic is it's been drunk a lot in my family. Right. That's it, yeah. It was created for... Um, for uh, premenstrual, pre-menstrual to alleviate premenstrual tension in okay. the 17th century. Well, this for is women. perfect timing then. Oh, yeah. Because I woke up this morning with a few cramps. So. <laughs> feeling a bit anxious. This is great. Feeling a bit antsy. Yeah. And a bit emotional. So, <laughs> Well, isn't that you always? I, mean, <laughs> I am an emotional person. Chin, I'm an emotional. Chin chin, by chin, the way. Chin, so uh, let's chin. drink to that. Nice one. Nice one. Lovely. <laughs> to polymath. Mm. And gin and tonics with three gentlemen. So I want to get down. To the basics with you, Oliver, because we have known each other for a little while, but not that long. And not that long. Not uh, long enough. Not long enough. But I think we sort of very fast became sort of friends. Yeah. And, and, I, and at this point, I like to call you a friend. That, that's, it, that's great. It would be really awkward if you went the other way right now. Right, wouldn't it? <laughs> so to be I'd honest, like, I'd like, I'd like to, to, to call you a bit of a dick. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like, like to be able to call you a friend. I've called you a lot of things. <laughs> you have. And that's why I called you a polymath. But today is a good day and I Which just polymath, that I'm feeling emotional. So when you Google that. polymath, it actually means dick. But anyway, you'll get there later and it's great. Lovely. Thank you. We can wrap this up. No, the humiliation hasn't even started yet. Okay, Hang on, no. No, we're just warming up. We're just know. warming up. Wedgies are next, by the way. I've never had a wedgie. 
Oh, true story. That is not true. No one's. I swear to you, no one's ever given me a wedgie, and that's an American thing. Did Breaking you? news: He's not being wedgied. I've not been wedgied. Shame this is a podcast because you can't really see what I'm about to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, weddies are American, though, no? Well, not an English boarding school. They weren't. Okay, there you go. Once again, we had different upbringings. <laughs> this is what happens. Your voice changes when you have had many wedgies growing right. up as a child. Right, right. Um, yeah, well, anyway, that's a whole other story. I mean, it's not about me. I want to know about you singing and dancing from age four or something crazy. What drew you to become a performer at such an early age, for goodness uh, sake? Honestly, um, I'm the youngest of four boys, and uh, I think my mum, well, I know my mum, they, they were pretty sure it was going to be a girl next, and... Uh, I'm not a girl. Um, <laughs> well, when I it's wedged him, debate. I think yeah, it's, it's it was debate. definitely up for the um, But uh, my mum, you know, I ended up in ballet school at four years old in Hastings, which around Hastings, I still have this debate with my mum to this day where she says that I chose to do ballet. I don't know where in the 80s at four years old I would have seen someone doing ballet. A pre-Billy Elliot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but she says I chose, I saw it on TV. She still can't tell me what show it was or where, um, but I saw it on TV and apparently said, I want to do that. So I ended up in ballet school at four years old, um, and that was how it all started. Well, the moment I first saw you, I said, there's a man who studied ballet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think since then I've probably tried to rebel, so I've you know, shaved head tattoos. No, but it's the tight, the, the tight pants, I The think. tight pants. And the way I, you point your toes when you're sitting at the table. I do still walk with that, which people point out, mm. the, the, yeah, the ballet feet. Yeah. And when you're standing still, standing... Are you standing with the feet out? Yeah. I am, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At all times. Yeah. So was your mum a bit of a stage mum then? She was a little bit. I mean, she used to come to all the festivals. I mean, it was a, it was a busy job. I, I, I was in, I mean, I never had an evening free as a kid. I was in theatre school. I was in, you know, dance school every day. After, and probably one, two nights a week I'd have off, and that would be for football. That would be my dad's. Dad would take me to football, so they. It's like you're not going to become a ballerina. (laughs) I'm going to give you some credibility, son. Were there other boys in the ballet? None. None. You were the only one. None in Hastings. Then there was one called Alex who kind of entered. I couldn't stand him because he started to take the limelight away from me, and I don't like that. Um, There wasn't many. And then when I when I was at the Royal London Ballet, I always say it definitely helped because I remember the audition day, and uh, very strange process. Like I. I, (laughs) Wardrobe. I was told to show up in trunks. That was it. You just wear swimming trunks. And you have a, a panel of 10 people watching you dance while you're in swimming trunks, which at the time I was like strange because tights would have been okay, but I guess they need to see your complete physique. So they justified it that but way. But what do they ask Speedos women to wear? Or... Women are wearing the, the, the classic. So act, they get yeah. to wear the classic they get outfit. To wear, but you, of course, we can't were in wear trunks. We were but, in trunks. But when you say swimming trunks, Speedo. I mean, Speedo. Speedo. Not, 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 no. not Vilbrick. No, 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 no. no. Like Speedo. Speedo. Right. So, um, but the audition day, I remember, was definitely easier for me. Because I, I remember looking around and thinking, God, these girls have got it tough. There was, you know, hundreds of them. And with me, there was like 10, 12 guys. You know, it's funny. I have a, a, a sort of an oddly strange story, which is very similar to your upbringing in as much as I studied. I was meant to be studying sciences when I was a kid. And I wanted to do fashion design. Okay. And I got into the only class um, we had available, which was all girls, 23 girls and me. And I learned to sew and stitch. And my father was the same way, was questioning the whole time what on earth am I doing doing this class and I convinced him that when I grew up I might become a plastic surgeon and I'd be a great sewer so you know there you th- go. I was but I was in this class the whole everyone, everyone you know took the mickey out of me were you did people ridicule you as a kid for being massively a I had the shit can I swear oh, you can okay. go ahead I had the rip, rip. shit beaten out of me like literally oh, no. shit beaten out of me yeah so proper bullying oh proper but I mean I was in a beaten into a coma at one point true story at what age uh, I was 16 
So you were still dancing, doing ballet at 16? I'd kind of, well, I'd moved into the... I would move to London, so I was more like the, the pop, hip hop, you know, that sort of stuff, which I thought was more credible. The lads who beat me up just didn't agree with it. Um, but yeah, no, it was tough. It was massively tough. It was uh, because really where I'm from, it, I mean, things have changed now. Time where are you from? Hastings. So it's, it's about 60 south miles coast. south of London. Yeah, south coast. Not far from Brighton. Um, but I think, you know, I talk about this a lot. I think with TV now, you know, all the dance shows, all the American Idol, all this stuff, it's become somewhat cool. Again, back in the day, there was nothing, you know? So it was like, why is he doing that? He's got tights on. They'd come down to, like, a lot of the lads would come down to the music festival in Hastings because they used to have a big music festival where you perform all your dance for the year. And I used to just get ridiculed from the front. But, I mean, I loved it, so I carried on doing it. Uh, and we, we know, so let's just sort of take that back a second because I think it's a, it's a very interesting sort of human story that, that obviously bullying is in the forefront once again in, in, in many levels because of, there's so much bullying going on and quite frankly it, when they look at our own president right now mm -hmm. of the United States yeah. I feel like there's a lot of bullying that going on within some of the tweets that he of does of course you know, what is it do you think about people that they just can't help themselves but to pick on someone like yourself at the time as a kid who clearly had talent right but they were going for you anyway well I think it I mean a lot of a lot of it probably stems from their own insecurities, their own jealousy, their own stuff, you know. Everyone's got something going on that causes them to react a certain way. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. And I don't think people realise what an effect it has on people at the time they're saying things. How come um, you didn't give up? I don't know, actually. What made there you was fight on? I, mean, you know, I, I think my, I mean, supportive parents, um, that definitely helped. Um, and also just knowing that it's weird... I, I don't think I ever, like, I, I always had that thing where I didn't think I fit in, that, that, that feeling. So knowing that. But why would you have that feeling? I, mean, I had that same feeling too, but my feeling was there because I was half Sri Lankan, half English, and the English community saw me as someone with dark skin and the Sri Lankan community saw me as someone who wasn't Sri Lankan because I was part English, so I didn't fit in. Right. I literally didn't fit right. in. You know, but with yourself, is it because you had a love of dance and you were the only boy in the class, but you'd put yourself in that situation. You could have walked away. I could have walked away. I think the... Uh, i very brave of you not to. Yeah, I guess I always knew that I wanted to get out. I wanted something different out of out of life. I didn't want to, you know. I, I have three older brothers, and they're and they're amazing, and and I love them to pieces. But they all they were always they were always felt settled, like they were okay with what was going on. Kind of like it was it was written in the stars. It was like they were going to work for the family business. They were going to do this, and they were going to do that. For me, I knew I wanted something more, and I guess knowing that this was really my outlet. This was the way for me to push through and continue and get out and do something different, you know? Um, and I loved it. I loved... I, when I got on stage, it was finally like... It was, it, you know, it was strange because I definitely had massive insecurities and I definitely had, you know, the, the bullying definitely, you know, pulled me to pieces at times. But when I was on stage or when I was performing for those minutes or, you know, however long they gave me on the stage... It, it, I felt great. Bullying is just one of those horrendous things. I know, Tom, you know, you've always had a, a huge angst against bullies. Who doesn't? You know, but it's, you yourself have joked about how being you know, a redhead, you know, you've often had people bully you as a kid. I grew up with bullies constantly. It seems like bullies are everywhere, you know, that, that it's a sort of a part of life these days. And it's not that it's acceptable, but even at my own child, my own son's school right now, he's, you know, dealt with bullying. And there is a sort of a protection mechanism that people sort of defend bullies mm -hmm. and allow it to happen. They create environments where bullying is okay, um, especially when it comes to things like 
a boy doing ballet. You know, you, you, it's not just a kid laughing about it. You see adults laughing about it, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's a, a child who just is awkward or doesn't, you know, perhaps doesn't fit in or special needs. Everyone sort of, not when I say everyone, I don't mean all of us because quite clearly there are many of us who absolutely disagree with that kind of behavior mm-hmm. and, and are very supportive of people with any kind of issue or, any, or doing whatever they're doing. But I feel like society is quite nasty a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we like to think that we're not. We like to think that we're sort of society is sort of good. But I think that there's a general sort of, um, when I look out there, I, and I, you know, I have faith in humanity, but I also have a lot of you know, lack of faith in people. Mm-hmm. Have you come across that? I mean, you, obviously you come to America. Did you, why did you come to America? Why did you not stay in England? It, it, I think because I had a, the I, I, once again I just wanted a change. I mean I had a, I had a rough few years um, from the the, the the kind of beating up and recovering from that. Like it was a long. I was really out of it for probably a year and a half. I, you know I had to I had a lot of I was rebuilt basically after I was beaten into a kind of metal plates. You know, goodness me, new teeth, which was a good thing because right. well, didn't have mentally, the best teeth growing up. Um, and mentally as and well. mentally oh. and mentally. And I think at that point for me it then became like I'm ready for something different. Um, and then an opportunity came up in America, and, and you know that was my that was my path. I was like, yes, I will move. Um, and it was hard. I mean, I'm, I'm, my parents are like my best friends, and they've been massively supportive, still are. Um, so that was the tough part to like know that I was going to be so far away from them. Um, but other than that, I didn't really think twice. I was like, you know, there's more out there. It's sort of the American dream too. I mean, the, the, exactly. Yeah. W- what happens here? The ability to sort of reinvent yourself. I know my own career. When I, st- I started off as a sort of a model um, in the fashion industry, and still I, are in my eyes. Well, thank you very much. You know, once a model, you know, always a model. The original Zoolander, right here. You know, um, I'll do blue steel for you later. Don't worry. You start, by the, by way, the way, you do it constantly. He started. Um, he started reposting images of his of his glory days when he was in his twenties on his Instagram. We were having a conversation. I'm going to say this actually because it's too good. We were having a conversation last night. He was marveling at the fact that these images of himself as a twenty year old were head of hair and these sort of you know really earnest looking poses was were getting they were getting more likes and hits than any other any other any other thing he'd put on for weeks you know just by posting an old picture of like yeah. this is what I used to look like and, uh, and I realised now that's Martin all it takes about it well. that's all it takes it's so Once sad I'm like okay obviously up. people far prefer me right, back in the right. day than they do today yeah. so I'm like god damn it this is meant to build my ego but yeah, actually yeah, yeah. it smashed it yeah. completely yeah Oh, that's hilarious, Tom. You know, but I, I, I guess you know. I, I'd love to go back to your early days. I know we've talked about it. You touched on it a second ago, but I'm fascinated with you as a child actor because the concept of of you know acting as a kid. You know, all kids like to play make believe. I watch my daughter mm-hmm. go into a dream world all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing, sort of playing make believe as a child and you know singing nursery rhymes and you know, going up to a treehouse and you know playing games. It's another thing doing it on stage mm-hmm. with an audience what was it about that audience feeling that you loved that you craved as a kid i mean to be honest it was somewhat of the you know the, the insecurities that i had and all that stuff in those moments would be they'd disappear because i'm getting to be someone else i'm getting to pretend um and then you know the the validation of an audience watching and appreciating it um i think that was you know, it doesn't sound too healthy, but I think that definitely played a factor. But in even at four and five going. years old? And yeah, probably, yeah. And, yeah. and, and I just loved it, but I did love just being someone else. I loved, like, pretending, you know, constantly, always, which I still do now. So let's talk about you now, because... I'm I mean, not even English. <laughs> well, I'm actually from <laughs> Detroit, myself. 
<laughs> I realised an English accent was very healthy. <laughs> No, I know. Well, that's, that's the sort of ongoing joke. I mean, ultimately, in the US, having an English accent takes you a long way. Right, right, right. So are you, are you really from Hastings? Yes, no, I really am from Hastings. Yeah, this is the truth. But and are you as insecure as you make out to be? Are you as insecure as, say, Nigel is insecure? You know, you... No, I mean, I've definitely done, uh, you know, enough kind of digging and, and, and started to, to own myself, I guess, and, and love myself a bit more um, the last few years even, you know. Um, and has acting helped? Acting has helped. I mean, for me, because obviously I fell into hosting for so long, and then last year, last summer, I, I, I made that kind of big decision, the jump myself, to be like, I want to act again. And it was for that reason, because it, was, it challenged me more, because as a host, we get to be ourselves. You know, you're not, you're not getting to be someone else. And I think I just love getting to pretend sometimes, Ooh. and the challenges that come with that, and the, you know, the, the digging into the past that you have to do to become someone else or, or, or really delve into a role, that's what I like about the acting. Um, so, because I get to be me every day, you know, like that's... But so many actors, I think, oftentimes sort of lose themselves and, you know, if they're doing role after role after role, and it's quite interesting when you see people being interviewed, and I know you've interviewed many, many people, they have a sort of a face they, they put on for, for yeah. interviews. Yeah. And they have a persona they put on for interviews. And it's often really not them. I mean, a lot of the late night interviews that you watch, they're fun and all the rest of it, but they're somewhat canned. Right, right. You know, totally. it's, it's sort of set up. You know what the jokes are going to be. You know they've kind of gone through it. You know, and, and, yeah, they're great. They have their moment. But you don't really get to the heart of the person. Mm-hmm. It's not a true interview right, right. where somehow this person is going to reveal the, the sort of the sadness, the fun, the, the games, that the reality. Do they enjoy this? You know, so you don't really get to know them. Right, right. And I feel that that for me is is what sort of what been interesting with your career because you've kind of done it all. It's you you know you've been the host. You are a host. You are an actor on television, in movies now. You know you've sung, you've danced, you've kind of done all aspects of it, which is not what most people can do. Most people in acting in the industry sort of stay on one side. Right, right. What what for you? What, why is what is about all this jumping from one side to the other? And, and is that something that you just love to do, or you just find yourself doing? Um. I mean, I, I, I love to do it because I think it's just a change, you know? That's like what I said, the hosting... I mean, the hosting was never something I planned to do, ever. It just got offered... I got offered a gig and, and that gig then ended up, you know, from one job to another, ended up lasting like eight, nine years. Um, and I never kind of stopped. It just continued, whereas for me then I was like... oh, was, Because you talk about, like, when you interview people... I mean, things like this are great and that's the, the world of podcasts and stuff where you can open up a lot more and, and talk... But otherwise, as far as junkets and press stuff, you literally have, you know, five minutes sitting with someone saying, tell me about your new movie. There's no, you're not really getting that, you know, human interaction that, that maybe would keep the day every, uh, keep the days different. So it became very repetitive for me. And that was why I, I wanted to go back into acting and do some more stuff. As far as jumping around, it's, it's not like I ever kind of plan what I'm going to do next. Um, it, in that way, I think it's just a great place to be in the entertainment industry, especially now. Where you know you actors are hosting or hosts are now acting or singers are you know Bradley Cooper's singing in movies you know no, the, the Rock's hosting a game show you know it's like I think it's just so um, effectively I think we've, I think we've all got it actually singing I think effectively none of us know what we want to be when we grow up no 
you know, I still don't know what I want to do when right. I grow up. Right. You know. Yeah. It when sounds I, like when you when you sit there and go, you don't know what you're going to do. You know, suddenly you want to move to something else, and you're going back into acting. You know. Right. And it's instinctive, and you know, you follow your, you know, follow your instincts and follow your desires. You know, it's a great. It's, it's, it's actually kind of the opposite again. That we talk about insecurities. It's a very secure place to be when right. you kind of know that you can actually jump into something. Yeah. Um. And and like embrace it. And, yeah. And, yeah. yeah, right now for I mean for me as I said last summer when I made that kind of transition, I'm kind of sticking with it. Like I don't want to the acting right now is the focus, and I don't want to be pulled off and be hosting because I don't want to affect my chances of. Have guests. you had any, had any moments where you thought, hang on a minute, actually, Christ, maybe I should have stuck to hosting? Or, or, yeah, or, or, my, my agents make me feel that every week right. <laughs> because well, I guess that's more why offers I'm are coming this in for hosting. Too. You know, more offers, especially. I mean, I had to change representation when I made that decision because my the current agents at the time just didn't didn't agree with my decision so it was like okay well I guess we're parting ways well see that's why I'm asking the question is because very specifically because it's so unusual right. like if you are a host you have an agent who helps you with hosting gigs right, right. if you're an actor they sort of you know frown or look down or think it's different and, and it's very much like there are these different sort of pigeon you know, holes or cubby yeah, holes course, so to speak that they put you in yeah. you know and it's it's very hard to jump around and I when I watch you and I see what you do you're so good at these different things and you fight the system you're like no 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 and it's very modern I mean I think you know millennials certainly like to do it all they're, right, they're right. a DJ they're an actor right. they're a tech guy they understand right. ev- all, everything I think so it is the modern way but it's it's not an easy thing to do right. to be able to mentally put your head there uh, so talking about these these roles you've got a bunch of sort of feature films you've been working on yeah, yeah. they're coming out this year right? they are yeah, yeah and one was directed by Quentin Tarantino no um, no no I wish can we pretend <laughs> yes let's pretend yes Quentin Tarantino directed me no that's a lie I think what Nigel was saying was one of them was directed by Quentin Tarantino but can we talk about the other ones yeah well let's talk about that we edit that later I'm actually off to film um, a new movie with Quentin Tarantino's DP okay yeah Um, which you know he he was the DP on Pulp Fiction and stuff like that so it's quite exciting to get to work with him that's going to be a horror film um, and I'll be off to the Ukraine mid-May to film that so you the the movies you've been doing are sort of um, time pieces right yeah it's weird it's it's kind of happened that way Um, people look at you and just think medieval man (laughs) he's stuck in he's stuck (laughs) Uh, well, the thing I, I think it's more of how can we dress him up to look decent. Um, well, the, sh- the shaved head you can kind of put anything on that. Can't this you, is really? true. I've had a few weeks. I've had a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And are you enjoying that? Because you are classically trained. You went to RADA, yeah. uh, which is a great drama school in England, and you, and you do things at RADA like you know a Midsummer Night's Dream. Exactly. Well, I did a Midsummer Night's Dream. Yeah, I was Fritz. Yeah. And were you really? Yeah, and yeah. so, what? There's a huge difference between that kind of movie, or, or is there not? What is the difference in preparation? I mean, it is different because well, obviously that was on stage, that was theatre, so it's it's different in that realm because you're really just repeating, you know, not t- to every extent. Obviously, every evening's different, but you're repeating the performance. Whereas on a movie set, you know, you get one shot at that scene and then it's moving on to the next. So it's very different in that way. Um, but once again, I, you know, I get to play a role. I get to be somewhat someone different. I mean, the, you know, the the Rising Hawk that was the movie that I shot last year that comes out at the end of this year, um, which is a 13th century you know, warrior on this Irish killing machine, it's definitely not me. I mean, I I had to watch it. I've watched the first cut, which I still find strange. Watching movies, I can't get used to that. That's really, it was, I sat there anxious the whole time. Like it was, watching yourself in the watching movie. myself in the movie was really strange. Um, and I think, because I'm so different, like I'm a total... I mean, he's, he's, it was making me feel worried. Like, it's, it's weird, it's strange. He's a nasty character. He's not nasty, he's very similar, like... 
actually, when I went up for the role, the director described it as this role. He said, think Brad Pitt out of Snatch in the 13th century, where he's a complete loony bin. You don't know what you're going to get, but you kind of love him at the same time. So it basically is you then. I mean, <laughs> that's how I would describe that's, you. That's how I guess I draw to it. Yeah, yeah, because it is me. I'm a bit, bit nuts. So, how do you prepare for a role like that if it's so different from you and you don't know anything about it? It's the 13th century. How can you imagine that? And then you've got to be this character. Do you just make it up from scratch, or, or well, you? Well, that that role in particular, Nigel, I definitely blagged because it was also they were like, "How's your horse riding skills?" I was like, "Brilliant, love horses, ride them all the time." They're like, "What about your sword fight?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, me and a sword? I've got like ten at home. I do it all the time. Complete lies." I completely blagged it, um, and and it was an interesting experience. I so think. what happened? They put they put you on that horse, and you just sort of rode backwards. Within or? week one, uh, yeah, I got injured on the horse. My hip my hip came out, so I was in the hospital in Kiev. Um, that was week one. Got back on the horse. The sword fighting was a funny experience in itself because we had the same stunt team that did the movie Three Hundred. So they were like hardcore stunt guys, very famous, like in Europe. And uh, the the head stunt guy, you know, came up to me, introduced himself, and gave me my sword. And was like, uh, show me, show me your swing, and I, I swung it. And he was like, why are you holding a sword like this? And I was like, because um, I've never one, held one before. Show me one more time, and he showed me again, and I swung it. He's like, this is wrong. Why are you? And he started to get really angry, which kind of shocked me because my ego going into it was like, I'm the actor. He's not going to get, you know, I'm the talent. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> which was just the honest train of thought. And he was like, why are you holding? And I, I was like, I've never, I, I don't know, I've never held a sword. And he just went off. What? You never held a sword? You are the killing machine in this movie. Um, so he sent me away to work with his like understudy. They gave me a stick. And every <laughs> night in the hotel room for the first two weeks, I kid you not, I was looking, I, I was in front of the mirror doing these figure of eights that they, they sent me home to do. And, and luckily, and that was why I was worried when I was watching it. Because I was like, how's it going to turn out? And it, it somewhat looks believable. I look all right with a sword. You know, so is there a moral to this story? Tell the truth. <laughs> but then you wouldn't have got the job. True, yeah, I don't know. I really wouldn't have either, because it was the, the big factors that came into play. Yeah, I think blag it. Why not? You know, blag when it. I was a model back in the day, I, I, there was a, a casting director and it got you to fill out these sheets that had all these different questions of the things that you could do and couldn't do. Right. And I had ticked that I could actually speak um, this form of sort of Swiss German right. because I ticked Swiss everything. Deutsch. Right. So I, I, I ticked all yeah. these boxes. And then literally weeks later, I got a call back saying you'd been booked for a Subaru commercial that's shooting in Zurich. And I'm like, okay, great. I didn't think anything of it. And I arrived on set and they gave me a script in Swiss German to talk about the damn Subaru. And I was like, you've, you've got to be kidding. I don't speak Swiss German. They were like, but you said you did and you're here and there's an entire crew. We're waiting and you're the star. So this woman wrote out the entire, all the words phonetically. And the only thing I can actually remember from this, because this is 20 years ago, is Satan Elfprachschutz, which is something to do with the airbag going off in I'd the back of the I'd airbag. buy the car. I'd well, buy the car. I know. So there <laughs> you go. I wouldn't, I'm, do not buy the car, because now you realise the guy doesn't even speak you know, the, the language. So again, moral of the story, be careful what yeah. you say you can do. Yeah, or not. Or not. Because you can go the in job. there, and phonetics it is. But yeah, again, synchronicity. I'm thinking medieval. I'm thinking sword fighting. I'm thinking Hastings. You know, it's well, all. Well, yeah, William the Conqueror. I, I mean, mean, I, I went to enough. We in in that, yeah. So I actually lived in Battle, which was outside of Hastings. Not a lot of people, other than English people, know 
that it's called the Battle of Hastings because it's the village that is outside of Hastings. And every year they do this insane, like thousands of people, they reenact the battle. Oh. And you've so, been a part of that before? I've never been a part of it, but I went and watched enough times. But you can now. You can go and like, I get go, s- properly yeah. stuck if, in when you go get, home. If I get a star, I'll be like, I'll show you how to swing that yeah. sword in the figure yeah. of eight. Yeah, oh, I've waited for you to say that, Nigel. Um, <laughs> I, and just go back and get a gig suits doing you, sir. that. Suits you, sir. Nice one. Um, put that sword away. So, so yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, the moral of the story. I think. I think little, you know, little lie like here that. and there. Yeah, it's fine. You're not harming anyone. You're really just harming yourself because you're putting yourself in the deep end. But if you can deal with it, then do it. I, I think pretty much Hollywood is made up of actors who pretended they could actually do what they could do and finally actually do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or reinvent the wheel. Well, if you don't try, you don't know, right? I mean, on America's Next Top Model, we would go to countries where we could afford to go, basically, and half the time we would tell people we were in the fashion capital of Asia or the fashion capital of whatever, and of course it wasn't, but because we said it was, and right. it was on television, it therefore became, you know, <laughs> and it became the, the fashion capital. Right. Bangkok is the fashion capital of Asia. Right. Mm. Fact. You know, oh, okay. I didn't even know that you know, Bangkok had a fashion scene, but it does now. Um, so, one of the things that has always interested me about society in general is our obsession with the acting community and how people in general are sort of, you know, how we, we tune into everything actors have to say, right, you know, as right. if it's gospel. You know, right. if, if there's something that's really important, even from a political standpoint, we like to get an actor to go to Congress and talk to, you know, the president or whoever it might be. I mean, one of the Kardashians, I believe, freed someone from jail by talking to our current president. I mean, what is it about our I society? I think they should have traded places. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you won't get invited to her next birthday party, will you? <laughs> Probably not. Um, <laughs> What is it about society, do you think, that, that, that makes us so sort of obsessed with celebrity? Um, Being think, one I think, yourself. I think we're always craving for someone to look up to, to for someone to but inspire But why an actor? Us. Why would it be an actor? Why? And, and it's not just now. We've, we've sort of, society has always so, somewhat sort of been infatuated with acting. Because they get to play those, you know, roles that are just fascinating. You know, I think you, you, see, a, you see Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. So then when you see him in person, yes, he's Robert Downey Jr., but you can't help but be influenced that he was oh. also Iron Man, yeah. maybe. I don't know, maybe that's got something to do. i tell you something. We had it this morning when we, when, in, when we went off to buy my toothbrush. We were in Dwayne, Dwayne Reed. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yes, Dwayne Reed. So we're in Dwayne Reed, and a, a rather amazing-looking, tall, um, transvestite, black transvestite, um, appeared and Nigel was been, it real or was it just no, imagination? No, no, proper, no, 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 proper, proper, still six. He way. has visions like this all the time. Okay, <laughs> have you know? No, I didn't know. That's no, why no, I'm no, just no, checking. No, sorry, so, so this girl who'd, 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 who'd recognized him anyway. So, and what had happened is she had said, Oh my god, can I have a picture with you, Nigel? You know, I love your show. And for once, it wasn't the you know, she, she actually looked relatively young because it's normally people's mothers now because right. it was such a long time ago. And it wasn't staged, it, it was, was real. Normally people's mothers or grandmothers going, oh, I love him. It wasn't staged. So, the, this trans. Brother magnificent looking transvestite saw him and, and suddenly just decided to, to do do a catwalk audition. And, and audition. It was so amazing. Me, but he was trying to buy a toothbrush. So what ended up happening was I ended up spectating this amazing catwalk with, with this Nigel shouting from the till, You should you should walk like you're you're wearing in your pajamas and they're on fire and you're walking through hell or something. So I had Famous Nigel line shout, from Miss J. Nigel shouting this with this transvestite he was paying no attention at all because he was trying to buy a toothbrush I was watching this I watched this 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 um, transvestite he, she whatever get incredibly angry that Nigel wasn't paying attention and stormed out and created this amazing scene and I was just like 
I mean, if all this just happened in about five minutes just because he used to be on a show. Right, right. You know, it was extraordinary. It was just like, it is this... I think to dance, to go into the kind of why why do people look up celebrities, it's because people can suddenly inject their rather kind of straightforward, ordinary lives that people mm-hmm. lead every day um, into this sort of fantasy world, which is what this guy, which is what this guy was doing. I mean, it was incredible, you know. And, and actually, without realizing, and, and without realizing that actually, you know, celebrities and actors are just really quite normal people who actually just do generally tend to get on with their, you know, they, yeah. they, they, you know, their life, regular their life, life, whether it's even buying a toothbrush yeah. or whatever else one might be doing. Totally, totally. But yeah, I think on that note, I think obviously the the way of social media and all that stuff that's given, you know, celebrities an even bigger platform and a bigger voice is probably why people you know, engage in that or reach out to that, which is also, you know, dangerous at the same time because some people shouldn't well, well, I, I th- you know, too much. Look, I think it's great. I think it's, in many ways, I think it's great that, you know, we have somebody out there who's going to stand up for proper causes and issues mm-hmm. and whatever it might be. And if you can lend your celebrity to it, that's a great thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, and certainly I know you've got causes, I've got causes. You know, and it's, there are many important issues out there. It just seems so, you know, for me, I, I've never really understood it or embraced it either mm-hmm. that someone would want to be with me or have a photograph taken with me he loves it by the way well, there's a, it's fun absolutely loves it's it. fun he's so, so I'm not saying it's he, not fun he's like, oh yeah sure actually hang on get my friend Tom come over here take a picture of us with you You know, I mean by the time look, you're slightly looking well, around you've got to be social and nice I'm just saying <laughs> that like I don't get it to get more people right. involved you know it's, it's, you absolutely well it's, it's when it goes down the other road and you're actually asking them if they want a picture with you yeah. <laughs> that's when it gets bad oh. hey would you like a picture with me okay oh. yeah. so, oh. so you live in LA I do live in LA do yeah. you like it you know what? I, I love it. I absolutely love it. It took me it took me many years to kind of get to that point of where I actually love LA. Um, I, I kind of lived every part of it. Like, definitely the first few years I was a bit lonely and then friends who I knew had moved over as well. And then we did the whole scene and the party stuff and... And then that was, that was lonely as well. But I feel like right now, the last couple of years, my life in LA, I absolutely love it. I love where I, I love my home. I've kind of found that like, you know, hub and it, and it feels like home. It like feels like home, but it took a lot to get used to it for sure. It's funny because you mentioned lonely. And, right. and that is what I've always felt when I'm in Los Angeles. And it's not from lack of friends or any of that kind of thing so much as the, the community there is a little different. The way it's designed as a city right, is different. Right. You can't, you know, New York, you can just walk everywhere. Right. LA is, you know, people say, you know, historically, you can't, you know, no one walks in LA. It's true. Right? Yeah. So you're driving everywhere. That itself puts a damper on, hey, let's meet around the corner and for a pint. Right, right, you know, right. It's sort of a plan. You have to plan this thing. Yeah. Sort of, you're not just wandering around the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, you know, and also just I find that the, the kind of conversation that I've had in LA, the sort of people that I was hanging out with, it was so much about celebrity and about. That, I mean, that's the that's the lonely part of it is because it is a very celebrity driven city. But do you not find that vacuous? I do when you when you when you're in it because you, you know there is also amazing people in LA that you know don't do that. It's just which pockets you fit, fall into you know and I think that's the thing if you stick it out and you you find a good pocket and you find your people um it's a great place to live because of the, the the weather the the ocean the hiking that you know there's a there's a oh no there's no doubt about it my wife whenever she's there she loves it too and yeah. she's into yoga and she's a, there's a huge yoga community over there and you know the, the you know everything from the weather to the you know the the, the sort of geography and the mm-hmm. beach and yeah. everything else it's it's fantastic right. I mean don't get me wrong but there's also that side of it where I guess as a creative individual living in New York I wake up and it's can be miserable it can be you know the weather can be hard or tough either 
too hot or too cold, it's stinky and there's graffiti everywhere. Right, and right. You kind of get feel the angst of the city. Right. And it kind of also... In, has it? You know, are you, there's a, a sort of an expression of you can't sing the blues unless you have the blues. Right. You know, and in a way, when I'm in LA, everything's so perfect, right. so beautiful. I chill out, and I'm like, huh, I might do that tomorrow. Right. You right. know, I don't need to do anything today. Right. You know, do you not feel like that? You don't sort of feel like a sort of a sap on your creativity. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, you definitely get that. And for me, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I, I say I love LA. I, I'm the guy that could also easily moved to New York you know it's just work has always taken me to LA um, but I love the city lifestyle I love being able to walk around I love that energy that you just get from the hustle of a city um, that you don't so much get in LA um, but you kind of I don't know I think I've just got used to figuring it out wherever I am but you stay busy wherever you are I mean you first were I in do stay busy, LA yeah. you as one of the things you were doing we were talking about hosting earlier but you hosted a show called Young Hollywood yeah that you, how many people did you interview during that process? Uh, a good few thousand. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's massive. And, yeah. and during because of that process, you've sort of got to meet Hollywood pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much met everyone. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been it's been fun. And I think at that time as well, it was like a, there wasn't there definitely weren't a lot of Brits either. Um, so I was definitely more of a novelty, which was great. So you just organically like you'd have this interview with someone and you'd have a laugh. And I think we use a different approach. Like we are maybe say things a little differently like it's not as structured which can get us in trouble sometimes but in my interviews we, we just have more fun and then after it they're like oh my god we should you know hang out sometime and you just meet a lot of people that way um so yeah it was it was amazing for that which now you know it's nice because i it's so weird how now i've ended up you know working on set with some of the people that i've interviewed through the years and stuff like that and it's just it's massively enjoyable did you have a favourite interview I mean you're thousands I know it's a very very hard question no I actually straight off the bat um, Drew Barrymore she was just the, it was one of my kind of earlier ones as well and she was just the sweetest person ever and to this day I mean she's still like she, you, if you bump into her she's the most engaging loveliest person well Drew if you're listening you, you need to come on the show because I, I want proof yes she, oh, she's absolutely That's so nice adorable. to hear as well. She's so that's sweet. So, that's what you want to hear about Drew Barrett. Yeah. That's what I've always... And then you know, there's what? been others that you think are going to be lovely and they're shit. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good... You just, you just walk straight into that I know. starting... Wow, well, we won't go there. No. I, I have no... I think I've actually told one of them in, in previous interviews. But Well, yeah. at the end of the interview, you sort Did of you said, you're shit. Well, no, actually, funny enough, during this, during this interview, when it was happening... Uh, I turned around and like, because obviously it wasn't live, but, but mid-interview I turned around and said, do you want to carry on being a dick or should we do this interview? Um, and we ended up doing the interview. And the publicist afterwards said, thank you so much, he needed that. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it, it, was, it, was, it, it was beyond acceptable. Like he was so rude to everyone from the minute he arrived at the studio and talking to people with just like the worst attitude. So I knew kind of already, as right, soon as I did right. the intro of the interview, I was like, this is going to go. Well, it's also to you. This is going to go south. But it's also to you. It's a bully. You're watching, right, a, bu- right, you're, yeah. you're watching a bully walk yeah, in. It's like, yeah. well, hang on a minute. Yeah, you're triggering some stuff yeah, there. Yeah, that's yeah. a serious oh, trigger, isn't it? Yeah. Do you want to carry on being a dick yeah. or do you want to... Now, by the way, there's no beating me up this time. I'm just... Yeah, yeah. Well, and also when you're the host, it's the kind of nice thing that you do. Obviously, I did get, you know, a little bit of a warning after that that I should have probably dealt with it differently. But how how on earth, you know, it's inter- very interesting for me being a host, of, obviously myself, of a show and having hosted and interviewed many different people. What do you do to prepare? What, what is your sort of way to sort of really dig in on what someone does? I mean, obviously you can Google them and there's all of that kind of stuff, but it, what, do you take it a step further? Um, it's, it's strange, actually. I mean, I don't, I don't... Take notes, Tom. 
I'll, I'll definitely, obviously, the, everyone's coming on to promote something. That's normally the reason you're speaking to them. So you need to know a certain amount about the movie. But I then normally like try and find out just some stuff that they like and organically bring that into the conversation. But the big thing that I find is just listening and going with it, you kind of, people start to open up more because you're having a real conversation. You're not like firing right, questions. Absolutely. It always bugs me when I, I see someone doing an interview or, or someone will be interviewing me and, and you'll give an answer to your question like, yeah, that was, it was a really hard time in my career. I was, you know, all my life I was beaten into a coma and they're like, so what is your favorite food? Yeah, yeah. yeah and you're like, yeah, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what throws the conversation off and people then just become a robot and they're just going to give you your answers to, to every question because you're not really engaging them as you normally would with another human being. And that's, you know, one of the things we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the interview too is, is that, you know, and I don't even like to think of Shaken and Stirred as an interview really. It's really much right. more of a conversation and that's how we've always handled it and approached it and over a cocktail and what have you and just to break, you know, uh, what's the expression? Break, break the ice. Break the ice, break exactly. The ice. Thank you very much. I mean, and we wow. break the ice all the time. You know? See, he knew polymath. I know. I got yeah. him on break the ice. You, you did, you did. Well, it's the ice breaking that I always do. There you go, you know? it's true, especially with those eyes. But those kinds of canned interviews, that's what really gets me. And it's sort of, I feel that, that you know, absolutely, there's nothing worse than sitting with someone who's going to interview you who hasn't even read your book or hasn't right. even looked you up. or has, And it happens over and over mm -hmm. and over again. And, you know, they, and these people have great jobs. Yeah. You know, they're sitting there yeah. and, and they have the easiest, and it's not the easiest job. You do have to do your research. But if you don't do any of it at all, obviously you're going to end up with, the, you know, absolutely diabolical interview. Right. Well, I find that's just a, in my opinion, it's just a mutual respect for someone. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're talking to someone about their work, at least know about their work, you know, because um, that is all the, all the, you know, all the job we have to do. So when, it, when it comes to work with you, I, I do find it fascinating that, you know, we've talked about you singing and dancing, we've talked about you acting, we've talked about you hosting. His swordsmanship. His swordsmanship. Oh, yeah. He, he basically can learn just about anything. Something else. But right now, for example, you're helping us put together uh, an event party in, in Los Angeles. And, it, you know, you can do that too. You know the right people to put something like that together. You're kind of an entrepreneur, basically. I think it's, yeah. It's above just everything. All, it's, yeah. I, I mean, I love, I love creating. And even, even in business, that there's creating involved, right? Whatever you're involved in, you're building something or you're involved, whether it's from the, from the beginning or the middle or the end or to just make something happen. It's building. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's Lego. It's connecting dots. And I think... But you're not scared to do these things. No, I don't think I don't really get scared in, in things like that. I've, I kind of just delve into it. If I agree to do it, then it, you know you're in it. Then can, so can I, I well, ask you a question? Do you have a um, do you what you're talking about now? Are you doing this stuff on your own, or do you have an office? Do you have a production office? Do you have a creative? Well, office? separately, I do have a production company, and then I have a, a partner in that. And that, that you know, the movie and TV stuff that we're producing. That once again is just connecting dots. It's like you know we're we're option a project or option a script, and then it's like oh I know this director he could be perfect for it, and these actors and these people, and it's just putting pieces together with with something that we're speaking about like Dog Pound or the, or the opening. Um, it's really we have, just, we're opening a gym opening in Los a, Angeles, yeah, yeah. And, and Oliver is is a great dog pounder and a just great connecting. friend of the brand, and yeah. and he's really but he's taking it above and beyond. You're not just a 
being a friend of uh, you are you've you've really put the pieces together and we couldn't have done it without you right thank you mate i appreciate that well we we love the fa- I just, i'm just stunned by your ability to sort of jump into a completely da- another role okay i love it i just love i love doing things i love keeping busy um, but is it your ability to because you're an actor and actors are you know acting a lot of acting is about really communicating right communicating a role a message a story a narrative do you, do you use that in all aspects of your of your career and in, in doing and talking to other people and doing other kinds of business I think so I guess there's some some role of that 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 comes into play and that you just kind of I think it's more of a, a case of just owning it and being like okay this is what I'm doing that's easy you know I've kind of seen seen I've seen it happen in other ways so I can just do that you know I think learning through just committing to something and, and doing it I think that's the well, I think it's very inspiring. I mean, it, you know, as I mentioned, that we love to pigeonhole ourselves right, and right. say, like, I'm, you know, a photographer. Therefore, you know, I don't, I don't make movies. I'm not a movie maker. Or, but, but, but why not say, hey, I'm not going to, you know, be my own worst enemy and say I can't do that. Right, right. I'm going to say no. I can, you know, go for it. Right. Sure, I'll you know organize a party. Sure, yeah. I'll you know become a dancer if I if I want to dance. I may not be very good at it, but I'll try. I'll, yeah. I'll give myself that chance. I think you know. I also just love learning, and I find myself that when I'm in moments like that or committing to other things, like even if I'm on set on the days that I'm not working, I normally like run it by the the you know the first AD or something. But be like, can I can I come by set and just you know watch the director or even just watch the producers kind of do what they do, and you just kind of learn. You know, I find that. I'm at my lowest in life when I've stopped learning. You know, if I'm if I'm becoming if life's becoming like Groundhog Day or repetitive, yeah. that's when it's dangerous for me. That's when I'm I'm not happy. I look for happiness elsewhere, and you just you just aren't being fueled because I think learning is just so much of what we're meant to do. And obviously that makes sense because then through childhood you're learning, you're scoring. As we get older, you know, we're both in our twenties now is again again groundhog day groundhog day plus tax 20 plus tax um it becomes repetitive and then if you're not learning you're like oh what's what's mm. driving me right now so i think i say yes to things and i do things because i genuinely just like learning is it also improv oh massive amounts yeah we've also got more knowledge you know the older it's like you know the older you get the more people you know it's like the older you yeah. get the more you know about how to put things together to the more lego that, pieces yeah. we've got oh, you yeah. know yeah. so you really have to know yourself i think to be a successful actor though do you think that you, you, you're, you know yourself or do you think that you're on a, on a mission to find out who you are? Because mm. you talked about being somewhat confused as a kid and yet you had the strength of character to fight through it. Yeah, I've done a def- the last year for me, I actually started working with this life coach kind of therapist in LA a year and a half ago now, and which being English, I'd never no, heard of a therapist, you know, even when, as I said... Give up a lip, old boy. The, the, yeah, the shit being out of me, it wasn't that anyone put me into therapy afterwards, which now looking back is insane. Mm. Um, yeah. It was just kind of like, oh, you're all right, you know, we we put yeah. you back together, just yeah. get back yeah. out in the world, um, which was dangerous um, because then you are just putting, you know, you're just covering a lot of stuff up with different things or, or however you can deal with that trauma. Um, but I think in the last year and a half through that, I've, I've definitely started to know myself and exciting. understand myself exciting yeah, yeah i'm a I massive advocate of therapy I, oh it's, I, the, I best it's the best thing it's the best thing i think every ever. kid should have a degree they should teach it in school that's what i've always said is they should be teaching stuff in school like self-awareness in school yeah you know they should be teaching it from a yeah. very young age you know you have a right to make a decision yeah you know but make sure it's you know yeah get a get an outside yeah. opinion yeah. um because yeah. we all know you know sometimes when you're asking you in a in a group of people for advice you're not actually disclosing everything that's yeah. going on. So how are yeah. you going to get yeah. a proper 
answer or, or feedback if you're not being honest about it. And yeah. I just find that... But do you think that's why you were acting too? Because you were trying to be someone else? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Because it just made... Got, I, I got to pretend that, you know, everything was different for, for, for a bit of time. Um, whereas now it's, it's because I love doing it. It's not for any other reason to try and cover something up. Um, but yeah, I think, I think being, more, being more honest and figuring myself out has been a huge factor of what I wanted to do the last like year or two years. And you've, um, you've come out the other end and discovered you're a 13th century murderer. That's what I've discovered. Yeah. So should everyone do an acting course? I mean, I, I feel like, like improv is great for everyone, but it, because it just helps them communicate on the spot. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But acting itself, do you think everyone, we should all be sort of learning to, uh, to kind of communicate and discover and fantasize? And there's, a, there's an acting coach who I, I, actually the first coach I work with in LA, um, who's incredible, called Anthony Mindell. And, and I've had friends of mine go to his class that have no desire to be an actor don't want to be an actor and they've come out of it feeling incredible because you just start to you know be you a little bit more or, or open up those kind of you know pieces of you that probably wouldn't get opened up to uh, in everyday normal life you know but you're a very kind guy and you know you, you you go above and beyond and that's something that i discovered from you very early on i mean what, whether it's saying yes to you can help us with this party for the dog pound and creating you know this event that we're doing and stepping into a role that you, that, you're, that isn't your role right you're not an event planner you're, you know you're not a party organizer you're just a great guy that can help but you know you met my daughter we were at a global citizens yeah. concert and i'm going to you know embarrass you a little bit here because you were so sweet so nice and you followed through and my daughter is a huge sean mendes fan and sean was performing as we all are as, as we, we as i've yeah. become yeah. i've become a huge sean mendes fan especially now but you know you went above and beyond and actually went and got a signed autograph of my, for my daughter from sean and a bunch of memorabilia and you, you figured it all out and that he actually spelt jasmine's name her name is jasmine wrong oh, so you shit. went and had him no but you went and had him redo it Oh yeah, you I did forgotten. fix it. You I fixed thought you it. meant a second time. No, the, se oh, the first time. I just got so anxious. I was like, like, oh my God, I've properly so, messed it up and you've no. never mentioned it. Okay, How good. amazing was safe. that? He got We're it. Stay, still safe. Sean Mendes signs my daughter's name and he's like, no, that's... The, and he says, you know what? It's, it's the wrong name. I'm going to have him do it again. Well, I think that's through trial and error because so many times in the past I've got something signed for someone and... You, you get the name wrong and it just ruins it all because you're like they're not going to put that on their wall it's actually embarrassing now so yeah I think I pay attention to detail in that thing well but, but extremely kind yeah. thoughtful you've made a little girl's literally it's probably the most special thing that's happened to her in her in her life right now she's, she's absolutely so everyone who comes home she takes them into her room to show them this that. picture on the wall that she has framed and she literally it's her right. prized possession I love so that. you've well, made I think me feel very happy too on that note you're welcome um, but on that note I think it's just I like do I, I think we have these lives that are amazing. You know, we are lucky, and I think when you get to do things like that, honestly, it it, it makes me feel good because I'm like, oh, I'm, I don't know. Then it's all for a reason. Like I do it. I mean, sometimes I do it to to the extreme. I'm, I, I, I said to, I messaged a friend back the other day and was like, I'm not StubHub because my friend would just hit me up all <laughs> the time for tickets. You know, concert tickets or this ticket. But I also think like that's what life is. It's about like just mm. I don't know stepping up in moments that really. Not that I'm discrediting it, but it wasn't that hard to figure out. It was a few emails. Behaving in a, a way that you'd expect to, to someone to behave yeah. towards you as well. And I think right? it's nice. Yeah. It's like yeah. if that's all it takes is a, is, a, is a couple of calls or a couple of emails to make someone feel that good 
why not do it? Well, yours, because yours... from that, I get the great feeling as well. It's no, like, absolutely. Oh, you know. No, absolutely. Well, one of the very first ways I met you was through a, an organisation that you w- work with yeah. called Not For Sale. Yeah. And uh, they do incredible work yeah. um, against trying to stop human trafficking. Yeah. What got you involved with them in the first place? I, I actually I went to an event um, in LA, probably, I guess, eight, eight nine years ago now, um, that they were involved in and, and met the founder and kind of heard this story and was just kind of like, I guess, thrown off horribly because I, I just wasn't aware of how bad that part of the, you know, the world that slavery exists more today than ever in history and stuff like that and, and some of these personal stories and all over the world by all the way, over the world including here including in the united here states here in the united states yeah um and and just becoming you know aware of those problems and hearing those stories and i was like i want to do something to get involved and definitely for the for the first i guess couple of years of being involved with them that was just being like you know a celebrity ambassador like hosting a few events and flying to new york and doing that but as soon as I actually got involved more and was like on the ground and it's it's a trip, you know, I, I try and travel for the organization now as much as I can because that's really what saves my ass. Because I can, you know, we can do all the self-work and I can talk about therapy and stuff, but I can still in a moment become quite self-obsessed and, and spoil and, and trying to think about what I don't have and what I need and, and why things aren't going right. Even though from the outside, I, it's clear that everything's okay. You do a trip like that, and you 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 know step brings outside you of yourself, you yeah, and you're like, oh my god. Um, so weirdly enough, it's helped me probably more than what I've helped them. Do you know what I mean? Um, the pleasure is in the giving. Yeah, exactly, um, and it's been amazing. It's you know I go spend a a week at our shelter in Thailand, and and it feels better than any vacation I've ever taken in my life mentally, um, because you realise that you 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 are giving back, and you're and, and you're around people that. Are so inspiring like these kids in, in 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 shanghai the upbringing or the life that they've had is horrific when you hear it but you also see that they're not carrying anger or resentment they're not trying to get back at anyone they're they're actually just helping the, the other kids that really were just strangers and in any way they can like and it's to and what see- do you do when you go over there Honestly, probably seventy percent of my time over there is probably playing rock paper scissors. It's become like an obsession with the kids over there, um, and obviously there is a language barrier. I haven't picked up that much Thai, uh, Thai, yes. Thai speaking yet. It's very hard, um, and and we always just end up seeing each other. And, and when I say we're playing rock paper scissors, we do like teams, and there's like fifty on each team, and it lasts for hours. You're like just you play, and then the, the loser goes to the back. It's it's hilarious, but we do a lot of that. And then just like little trips, like I place a lot of the guys there, the, the lads, I should say, the boys are obsessed with football, you know, obsessed with soccer. Um, so I, I play that for, for hours on end with them. It's really just like engaging and, and playing games, you know. There's And then obviously that's at the show. And then I do on the ground stuff where we go to areas where they're trafficking and, and try and work with the government around that. And then, you know, speaking to local people and communities and trying to find out where the issues are coming from and stuff like that but on the shelter itself it's really just engaging just and i think the pleasure that they get because a lot of these kids have never even seen you know a white caucasian person and and getting someone that just comes into their to their place of living and and actually engage with them gives them showing a little, them little they bit care of, yeah gives them a feeling of like oh we do matter well um, i think that you're someone who's quite remarkable and i think that you have a very big heart 
you're incredibly kind. Um, you're actually very humble. Thank you. And I think that that's something that was that struck me from the moment I met you. And, and that's why, you know, I said more than anything, you're a true gentleman. And I was going to come around to that. That was in my intro. And then you just proved it right there. Thank you. Uh, once Thank again, um, Oliver Trevina on Shaken and Stirred. You've had a truly shaken and stirred life, but you, you at this point right <laughs> Definitely now... Definitely been shaken and stirred. I feel yeah. like it's time to have that drink. So there good luck go. and thank you so much for coming on the thank show. Thank you, mate. It's a pleasure. Thank All you, guys. Right. Thanks. Cheers.